Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And we are back with episode 32 of the Green Street Hammers podcast. And we have a lot in store for you today. Jeremiah, Jeff, and Scott talk about the Brighton draw, Vegas, Hammers pose questions, lot for predictions, and we finish up with any listener questions we might have. Keep it locked on the Green Street Hammers podcast. All right, well, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. We're happy to have you on. And no, this is not a mistake. It's me, Jeremiah. I'm going to be your lovely host today, normally uh, sitting in the comfy co-host seat. But today I'm going to be hosting you, and today I'm joined by Jeff and Scott Davis. It's a little bit of a... Uh, American Green Street Hammers um, podcast. I hey, guess hey, 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 yeah, hey. Yeah, well, I mean, you, you live here. You live here. So we'll call it what it is for this point anyway. Um, Jeff, I'll man. Just wait till get... you pronou- I'll just wait to try to pronounce <laughs> Barry later on. Barry. Barry. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, Jeff, dude, uh, good to get you back on the pod, man. How's, how's life been? Life's been great. You know, it's a nice summer as as it is for everybody. Summers are busy. And one of the great things about, I think, EPL and being a fan is the off season is so short. But for guys like us and you guys that have jobs and we have to work for a living, it means summer vacations and schedule gets crazy. And then there's not matches to talk about. So I'm glad to be back in the saddle. And I'm glad we got West Ham football to talk about for sure. Hallelujah. Yeah, it gets kind of boring in the summertime. You know, we talk about transfers that don't ever happen or might, maybe yeah. they do. But uh, yes, yeah, Scott, buddy, how are uh, how are things? Are you recovering from uh, Vegas? Uh, well, I, I'm recovering in general. Uh, the Vegas would have been a lot more fun if I hadn't been sick all weekend. Fortunately, <laughs> I'm on the mend. Uh, I really enjoyed the time there, and I, you know we should probably talk about that a little bit later in depth because I mean I've been I, I'll tell you I got inundated while we're there. When are yes. we doing the next one? When does the yes. next one happen? When are, when are when are Dave and X coming back? Yeah, yeah, and I can attest you—you you were sick for most of it, man. I kind of felt for you on that one, but you know, uh, it, yeah, no, I don't. I'm not a fan of or a supporter of other clubs, and that's great. And I'm sure they're all great guys too. But every time, and we've talked about this a little bit, and we've written about it on the Green Street Hammer site. Anytime you run into other West Ham fans and supporters, it's like a family. It's like you've known each other for years and years and years. I can't wait for the next event because I will definitely make that one. But I think that's one thing that makes this club special to me is that it's a brotherhood and everybody's always welcoming. And I can't imagine what that must have felt like in Vegas. I'm jealous. Yeah, dude, you're you're absolutely right. And definitely don't miss the next one. And like Scott said, I don't want to I want to beat a dead horse too much. We'll get into that one later. Guys, I want to uh, I want to start with the Brighton away match, the uh, 1-1 draw. Real quick, I'm going to go over the numbers or the kind of important numbers. So shots, Brighton had 16 to our 8. On goal, Brighton had 4 to our 3. Uh, possession, Brighton had 58% of the possession. And passes, they had 497 to our minuscule 377. Um, guys, you know, I think we... Watch the match, Jeff. I'm not sure if you watched it or not, but on paper and kind of in watching it, it feels like Brighton probably should have won that match. Um, Jeff, I'm going to start with you. We're kind of start with the first half. I know there was a little bit of action as far as the game goes in the first half. West Ham didn't really have a lot, but 
Jeff, kind of what was your overall impression of the, uh, I guess, the first half of that match? Well, I think, first of all, let's even step back a little bit. Going into the game, we know we didn't have Felipe Anderson. We didn't know we didn't have Sebastian Allard to start up front. He looked great in the first match against Man City. As great as you can look when your team doesn't score and you lose 5 to nothing. but I think we would all agree that the skill he brings and the skill set he brings to the striker position is something we need. So going into the game, you know you don't have those two guys, but it's really a, an opportunity for the other people to step up and be next man up. That match last year in Brighton in October that we lost one to nothing and we threw everything but the kitchen sink at him in the second half and couldn't score was just, to me, one of the most frustrating matches of the entire campaign. And so to go into the match, I had higher hopes than that. Um, I, I knew it was going to be tough. I didn't think it was necessarily going to be pretty, but I thought with this newfound squad depth and this attacking flair that we have and all these forwards that we brought in, that we would have more than enough uh, to get one past those guys. And I thought for about the first 20 minutes, West Ham looked strong. I thought we were on the front foot. Uh, I thought we, we did have possession and, you know, we seemed to be taking the match to them, but as the game went on, they got better and better. Um, and I think the second half was a much more wide open game, which I guess we can get to in a second. But I think, you know, going through that, it was kind of a typical West Ham match. And I think this is something we could talk about more as this goes on, which is the frustration in being an attacking side, quote-unquote, and having all these skill positions and having depth across the front line and not being able to generate, as you mentioned in the stats, and not being able to generate goals, not being able to generate chances, not being able to generate corners, it becomes very, very frustrating. And I think that's kind of what I felt in the first half was, gosh, this doesn't look like a new revamped West Ham team. This looks like the same West Ham team we watched last year, and it's very, very frustrating. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up uh, the, the two absentee, the two injuries. Scott, do you think that had anything to do with kind of maybe the slow, not even a slow start, but just kind of the, the mediocre pace of the game? Absolutely. Listen, Allaire is is going to be our target man. He's going to be core to us going forward. We've seen Javier Hernandez for the last few years, and while I appreciate the fact he is a poacher, he gets in there, he gets dirty, and he gets goals, he's not going to set up your offense. He's a great guy. He's... He, one of my friends loves to call him the garbage man because he likes taking out the trash. And he, I mean, his goals, it's not that they're terrible. It's just they come about from like getting in the middle, getting a little bit dirty. We didn't have anybody to get up there and get the ball up front to start that kind of play, really. We need somebody like Allaire to come in and move the ball around. Now, we saw several runs from Lanzini during the match where all of a sudden he decided he was moving the ball up front. And when he did that, he put Brighton in disarray. There would be four guys around him. He'd be running at them. But you'd look at the rest of the screen that, you know, we're watching the match on. It's like, well, where are the rest of the guys who he should be passing the ball to? And there was nobody around him. It was him right. versus them. Uh, he, he did assist on the goal. And he almost, he could have gotten a second assist if somebody would have finished well. Uh, it's, it's a case of where I'm, re I'm really with Jeff. It's like, look, we've got firepower. Let's let the firepower go out there and be amazing, but they're not right now because there isn't that target man. There isn't that lead striker guy that is going to drive us forward, and that's really stopping us. Uh, you're right, and I think when we segue into the second half a little bit, what was the change that he made? And it was to bring on Antonio, and why he didn't start to start the match is, you know, I think a question that Pellegrini has to answer. And I think we have to answer that moving forward this week um, because he brings a different dimension to the club and we can talk about his terrible finishing. And we've spent plenty of time talking on this podcast about his, his lack of touch in the final third. But to your point, 
that also allowed support for Lanzini to get someone else forward. And Antonio was running at their fullbacks, and you have Lanzini carrying the ball. And now some things are starting to happen, and things did happen more in the second half because no one player can do it all themselves. And that's how come Chicharito scored is because there was other people taking the pressure Absolutely. off of him. He was able to get inside the box and knock it home. And I agree with what you said about Chicharito. I've loved it since he joined the club. But it's like he's feast or famine. He scores goals, and he has scored some important goals for West Ham over the last couple of years where he's absolutely uh, saved a point or saved points for the club by himself. And he did that again on Saturday, but when he doesn't put it in the back of the net, he's really absent. And then you're really talking about playing a man down because he doesn't really offer anything else at this point in his career. And and I mean, ultimately that's really kind of what's been missing for several years at West Ham. Arnie, whether you like him or not, was that kind of guy who would go up there and move the ball forward and move forward and give other opportunities for people around him? Uh. As, well, he did it. <laughs> he did it so well that he's playing in China now. Good luck with that, buddy. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, this was what Andy Carroll was supposed to do. He's supposed to be that big physical target man making life miserable for the other guy. I guess, Jeff, where I disagree with you is I don't like starting Antonio. I, I really think Antonio is a guy I like to bring off the bench. There's two reasons for that. One, I think there's a lot of skill on that club that surpasses his abilities. Uh, in all fairness, I love Michael Antonio because nobody, including himself, knows what he's about to do next. So he's very unpredictable, and that's great. What I really like doing is after the other guys are just a little bit tired, turn the beast loose because he's going to start running at those guys, and they're already going to be – if they're a little tired to begin with, he's going to run them ragged and crush them. So I, I always see – I see Antonio as being a guy coming off the bench – like this for the rest of the season. That's really going to be his job. He's going to be a second half guy. Or, you know, if something's gone wrong, let's, you know, let's bring in the Swiss Army knife that is Mike Michael Antonio and set him free on the pitch and see what happens. Yeah, I think that, uh, you know, both of you guys are absolutely right in that and, and not going into it too much more. With Chicharito, having him start, he kind of had to, I think, in my opinion. And um, like you said, Jeff, he is feast or famine. And really it's because when he's fed or when he's not fed. And the team has to be kind of set up in that kind of direction to know that if uh, Hernandez is in there and to know that the ball is going to have to go to him and you're going to have to feed him. And he, he made, you know, he made his point whenever he got the ball and it was a good pass up to him, he finished it and he put it home. And, you know, we could probably argue there's some other players on our squad that might've fell to, and they might not have put it home as easily. So he did exactly what he was supposed to do on that, but that's because he was fed and it was played right. Um, you know, I disagree. I think a little bit going from the first half into the second. I don't know if we we did mention substitutes in you know a little bit. I think Antonio for the Wilshire thing that was a little interesting. I mean, it came up to play well for us, but I don't know. What do you guys think of the uh, the substitutions that happened? It's been interesting because I think if you look at two guys we've mentioned, we'll start with Wilshire. I think obviously he was one of, if not our best player in preseason, but those preseason friendly games are all three-quarter speed or half speed and you're playing lesser uh, opponents and he looked great. And now we're in two games into the the real deal here and he hasn't looked as good at all. He's looked uh, slow. Uh, and tired at times, which I'm really surprised at based on the preseason. Then you have a guy like Chicharito, who I thought was basically anonymous in the preseason, and he gets the start. So I get what you're saying about bringing Antonio on as a sub, but I also kind of value him as that Swiss Army knife, as a guy who could have started up front as the lone striker, as he'd done before, and keep Chicharito on the bench. But, you know, to each his own. I I think, you know, Wilshire and midfield as a whole for West Ham is, is an issue, uh, that Pellegrini has to solve, and I don't think he solved it yet. 
um, because he's trying to play the 4-1, 4-1 thing, and he's trying to play probably Fornals and Lanzini together, or he's trying to find a spot for Anderson, Lanzini, Fornals. Um, who else is going to be out there? Wilshire, Rice. At some point, you just you run out of spaces for these guys, and I don't think maybe he's found his best 11. Uh, I saw something just a few minutes ago before we started recording that Noble has been training, and he probably will be fit for selection on Saturday. I think, you know, if he's fit, and he can play, I think that kind of puts him in the Wilshire spot and it provides more support for Declan Rice, who's been great the first two games, but he just can't do everything in that role by himself. He needs support. And it's funny, you know, we've got all these uh, attacking players and I, I love the two signings, the two marquee signings we made, but we never really have addressed the issues that West Ham's had the last two years in the midfield and finding that box-to-box midfield player. And, you know, maybe Wilshire is that guy, maybe he's not. But so far, even as healthy, he has not shown that. I, I'm, I've actually been kind of surprised about how uneven Wilshire has been. Uh, I think we've really missed Noble, and it, it kills me to say this because, in all fairness to Mark Noble, who I, I think is a good leader and a, and a guy who I want on the pitch, he's not fast. He's not agile. He is known for making the occasionally very boneheaded pass. But he really brings something to the match that we haven't had. That there's a grit and a determination about going forward that he brings. Uh, I honestly think a lot of the development that we saw come down from Rice last year was how much he ended up having to work with Noble. And I think, I think this is a year where Noble and Rice really need to work together, even if they're not on the pitch, even when they're off the pitch, to try and figure out what it is that Rice is doing what the situations are, what they call for. Rice really wants to move the ball forward a lot more this year. He's, he's been very clear with that. He hasn't had that chance. He's been the lone guy in front of the back four, and there hasn't been a chance to have somebody else who's a little bit further back. Um, Wilshire coming back would be great, but again, Jeff, I think you're right. He's looked not as fast as he could, and that's been a problem. I think Noble being there, who is capable of getting up forward and helping create, you know, um, offensive play, but is also much more aware of the whole pitch, will do nothing but help Declan, and I think it'll really help the team. And I think Wilshire does go sit on the bench. Yeah. I I think this weekend we're looking at a 4-3-3. Uh, yeah. I've heard people say 4-2-2. I think it's going to be 4-3-3. I think, I think we're going to see Manuel Pellegrini throw the kitchen sink at Watford. Watford's <laughs> going to be down... They're Dini's out, and they've got a couple. They've got a whole bunch of other people who are kind of questionable. I think I, I'm. Re- this is a game I'm excited about. I think you're going to see Anderson, um, Allaire, and maybe Mikhail, maybe somebody else up front, and you're going to see Lanzini and Fornells behind them, with Declan Rice kind of covering the back four, and they're going to go hard at it. Um, maybe maybe somebody switches around and Noble comes in. I don't know yet. Um, I, you can't play a four-three-three and only have you know, and have an extra midfielder. You need to have a midfielder out there somewhere. I don't know who comes off, but I really feel like one either Fornells or Lanzini ends up going up. Noble comes in, Jack's on the bench, and I mean you know, batting down the hatches, folks, because yeah. they're going after that goal. You know, yeah, Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. I'm no, sorry, Chief Jeremy. Don't you think there's an issue, or, or, or let me ask you: Do you think there's an issue with? Wilshire, Fornals, and Lanzini are all kind of the same guy. They all kind of want to be that number 10. Now, yeah, Fornals can play out wide. Lanzini can play out wide. Wilshire can drop deep. But really, if left to their own devices, they're all kind of the same player. 
And it's really interesting to me. I wonder what your take on that is. And and the fir- the little bit of time you know here in the regular season, but also in the friendlies, four nulls actually look good to me. Dropping back more and then carrying the ball forward in the way that Wilshire was doing, he looked better in that role to me. But I think it's almost like a situation where we have three guys that Pellegrini's trying to get into the lineup that all kind of want to play the same position. Yeah, uh, I do think that in preseason he did look really good and. and the midfield, I think when you saw in the preseason, they were kind of all over the place, and that's not always a bad thing. You know, they you would cover back on one, or one would attack, and the other one kind of cover out to the left or the right or, or whatever, as long as there's some type of leadership in there to well, kind of contain them and what they're going to do. But um, I think that I, I think he is good. I think that Fernals is just he's going to take a little bit of time, much like Anderson last season, getting him in there and getting just some time in the Premier League. It's much different playing in there than it is in La Liga, uh, regardless of how big La Liga is or isn't. But, yeah, I, I think for now, right now, Wilshire is going to be that guy. But, yeah, we talked about Noble possibly coming back, and I don't want to get too much into the Watford match just yet. But with Noble coming back, I mean, I wouldn't mind seeing him come out and see what happens as long as he is fit. Scott, you had something? I, I was going to say, uh, with them being all over the place in midfield, I think that fluidity is exactly what Pellegrini is looking for. I think he's mm-hmm. excited to have Fornells, Lanzini, and somebody else in midfield behind an attacking three. Right. I think right now... Um, I don't have a lot of trust in Yarmolenko. I don't know why. And I still maintain that Mike Mikhail Antonio is better coming off the bench. So I think one of those one of those guys ends up moving up front and playing part of an attacking trio uh, or some form of a false nine of some type while yeah. you end up having two solid midfielders behind them and Declan Rice helping out. I, I'm excited about it. I think it's, it's finally going to see the kind of attack that we've we paid all this money for. Yeah, I've been I, on Yarmolenko too. I mean, I think that the fact that he didn't start and Snodgrass did, I think that's all you needed to see. He's not ready yet. And of course, just like when Lanzini came back from his injury last year, I mean, Yarmolenko having an Achilles tear is not a simple thing. You know, you're it's going to take him a while, especially with a man of his size, I think, to get fully up to speed. But you're right. He's not there yet. And I think that was a testament. Last week was an opportunity for him to start and he didn't and Snodgrass did. And so he's probably just not there yet. And, and my thing is, I've got no problem with McMessey starting. Oh, I no. think McMessey brings a lot to the team. Now, he, he didn't really contribute. And uh, going way back to what we talked about earlier on, Jeff, I mean, there were whole points of time where Chicharito was missing from the match. I didn't like that lineup. I didn't like how it set up. It didn't feel good. It felt like there was something missing. Even with all the attacking options that we still have, I just felt that was a bad lineup. And I, I, I'm sorry, I don't understand I do not understand Pellegrini's reliance on going to Chicharito in that situation. I think, if anything, it would have been a time to go look at Ayeti and go, dude, we paid not that much money for you, but you did well last year. Dude, let's throw you in the blender and let's see what you can do. Mm-hmm. I would have loved to have seen uh, I would have seen Ayeti come in. That would have been great. It would have been, I mean, you know, Nick, he would have loved it, even if he says he's Ser- <laughs> Serbian or not. But, uh, you guys are uh, you guys Nick, are feeding right into Nick, my questions. Yeah, to Nick, we're all Serbian, man. We're all Serbian. That's right. to Nick. That's right, baby. Um, yeah, you guys are feeding right into the my kind of next thing up. We're talking about substitutions, talking about injuries, talking about did Pellegrini do it right? Did he do it not right? Basically, the only one we haven't talked about yet is uh, starting Ogbana in the uh, in the back line there, replacing Balbuena, who wasn't injured. It was a tactical decision. I think yep. it was something with a left foot, right foot deal, but. Yep. Um, yeah, I don't know, guys. Uh, I'm going to start a little bit on that, but I kind of disagree with it. I think maybe at first I was excited to see Augie wearing the armband, but uh, that was quickly taken away 
by how well how well he did not play. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? Go ahead. Augie, Augie, I talked about this on the Bitch Fest earlier on this week. Mm-hmm. Ogbonna, the game has passed him by. You, if if we had a healthy other center back somewhere with a couple of years of experience, Ogbonna would not be with the club. He would have been sold. It's not that he's a bad player. This is a really fast, cut quick, move the ball around kind of league. And with the pace that I'm seeing from some of the forwards, I think that they can surpass Ogbonna too quickly. Uh, the, I, I put the goal squarely on Ogbonna. He gave the guy too much space. The guy had too much time to shoot the ball. Next thing you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Trossard has no more than a yard of space, drives the ball in the back of the net. He can't close with these guys. He doesn't have the speed. It's not that he's a terrible defender. As a matter of fact, if you did a back three, he'd be great. But we're doing two people, uh, two center backs and two uh, uh, left back and right back. It's not a good fit for him, even though they brought him in to be the left-footed defender. I get it. It's just, it's a bad fit. I think you're right. And, you know, I even saw someone uh, online uh, say that if that's the case, then maybe Diop's going to be the one out and Balbuena's going to come back in, which I think would be another mistake because the clean sheets we had last year, guys, we'll all agree, were pretty few and far between. And the one thing they all had in common is when we did seem to pitch a clean sheet, it was when Balbuena and Diop were playing and playing well together. And I think absolutely, in, yeah. in, any, in any sport, this one included, your defensive core has got to be solid and you build from your defense out or from your base out through the middle of the park. And, you know, I think those guys, you know, this is also a frustration. Pellegrini knows a lot more about football than, than I do for sure. Right. But it's a frustration because aren't you supposed to be working through these things throughout the preseason? And we know going into it, that Diop and Balbuena are the partnership. Well, let's let them get there. And if one of them's making mistakes or whatever, that's great. But this left foot, right business, if that's what you were doing, then why wasn't that apparent you know, during the preseason? You should be working on that. I, I think that's another change we're going to see Saturday is I would expect that Balboin and Diop will be back in there together. And if they're not, then I think there's something else going on that we, we aren't privy to. So I had a chance to sit down and talk a little bit with X about this uh, in Vegas. And I was like, is there an injury? And he's like, no, there is no injury. This is purely tactical. So, Jeff, I think, uh, dude, I'm with you. This weekend... <laughs> Ogbonna, sit on the bench, please. Get Diop and Balbuena up. Guys, work it out. Because it, it did take a little while. I mean, it wasn't perfect at the beginning of last season. I seem to recall four fairly poor games in a row. Yeah. And then after that, it came together. You know what? Maybe we got to suffer a little bit here. We've already got one more point in August than we had all last year. So, I mean, we're ahead of the game. We're, we started better. <laughs> we have. And uh, I'm glad you guys mentioned kind of next week. We're kind of moving on that way. Um, we're going to take a quick break, but before that, Jeff, I know you're going to have to leave us here in a little bit. I wanted to get your prediction, at least while we're on here, for the Watford match. I mean, me and Scott are going to talk about it at the very end, but Jeff, floor is yours. Before you head out, what's your prediction? Well, um, first of all, I think it's an important match for, for everything that Scott just said. We need to accumulate points. It would be nice to start the season at mid-table and move up from there rather than start in the relegation zone and move up to mid-table. Um, but I think there's two things that have become apparent through the first two games of this regular season as we can completely knee-jerk react on everything. And that is, one, this club is going to give up goals. And two, we're having trouble, as we just spent 20 minutes talking about, finding the right combination of attacking options. So provided everybody's healthy, I think that will correct itself. But I don't think this is going to be a walkover game where we roll up uh, to Vicarage Road and score three goals and shut them out. I just don't see it. I think it's another 
West Ham game, maybe it's two to one is kind of how I see it. If it, it, I just don't see a situation right now where we're set to to shut a team out and have a clean sheet. So I think there's there's that. I expect him to score, and I don't see us clicking in such a way. You know, the, even the Man City game is probably a little bit unfair, but we weren't clicking last week against Brighton at all. We had injuries to deal with. We know that there's lineup changes coming. We hope there's lineup changes coming. So I think we're the team is still just a bit unsettled overall. So I think it's an important game. We touched on it. I think they need to throw the kitchen sink at them, but I still don't think it's going to be easy. So I, I will say that West Ham gets the three points. We look better, uh, but we're not steamrolling these guys. It's two to one. Uh, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, Jeff, but uh, a lot of the pictures from the training, hey, you know, all the kids are there. There's five kids there. Connor Coventry yep. is there. Um, uh, Nathan Holland's there and, and Ben Johnson and a couple other kids there. And they weren't on the sidelines. They were right in the middle of the practice. I, I think I, I'm a big believer right now that it's time for youth to be served. I mean, we've got we got some great youth out there. We've got um, a lot. Yeah. There's been a you there's still some talk, dis- we haven't even talked about Ben Johnson in the preseason. At least you may have. I this is my first podcast since the since the summer. But you know, that's another thing at left back that Masuaku played last week. Everybody thought Cresswell was terrible. He wasn't that great. I mean, he's a guy that usually springs the attack and that didn't really happen. So it's just, it seems like there's a lot of unsettled positions still on this club heading into the third week of the season for sure. I will yep. not be surprised to see Ben Johnson at back this weekend. Oh, hot take. Uh, uh, Scott's hot take. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm actually writing it up right now. Because I want to make sure I'm clear. Because I'm going to throw a really wacky lineup at you, but that's All okay. Right. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we're going to take a break and uh, kind of reposition ourselves, and then when we get back, we're going to talk about the Vegas trip, do a quick lightning round of Hammers polls, and we'll answer any questions you guys sent us. Stick right here. All right. Well, welcome back to the Green Street Hammers podcast. Uh, we got rid of Jeff. He had to go do life things, and that happens. But still have me and Scott Davis here, and we're going to get right into it. We're going to uh, go over the Vegas trip, Hammers poll questions do some Watford thoughts and we're going to do some listener questions as well. But Scott, let's get right into Vegas. I mean, I can't even begin to describe to the people that, to the listeners that didn't go to this event, how, how fantastic it was. I mean, I don't know. I'm just going to let you kind of run on this and and I'll fill in with my thoughts whenever, but yeah, go ahead, dude. So uh, listen, the the Vegas thing has been in planning for months. Uh, I talked with John in Vegas about it last year, almost and we've, we've talked about doing an event for a long time, and each time we've kind of talked about the past, it died on the vine. And I listen, I'm, I'm not unaware of the fact that everybody wants to hold in their backyard. So number one, uh, apologies if you couldn't get there because it was too far to go. I get it. Going to Vegas, while not overly expensive, still costs money. It's not in your backyard. Sometimes you got to fly. Uh, for those of you who couldn't go but wanted to go, I want to tell you, it went amazing. It's so amazing that there's already exchanges going on back and forth between myself and some other people, what to do next year, uh, what's going to happen, uh, what some of the details are. Clearly, I mean, it, it turned out to be a lot more than just, hey, let's go watch a match. Uh, for myself, I showed up Thursday night with Baz Cox and uh, not not through intention, and I ended up running into X and Dave on the, on the floor of the, actually at Blondie's, and we just walked by to say hi. And uh, John Black was there, who's Las Vegas West Ham. And we ended up talking football for a couple hours. And then David Oliver, another guy in from L.A., showed up. We ended up chatting. And just, it kind of, holy crap, it's late. We all kind of shut her down. Um, Nick Stamper shows up that night. We go golfing. We go hit um, 
the Hard Rock Cafe, uh, not not the casino, the cafe. Uh, met more people. More people started trickling in. Got a great chance to meet uh, Jason over at the Hard Rock Cafe. The dude was making drinks for us, and I believe that's where we ran into you, right, buddy? Yeah, that's where you guys ran into me. Uh, you you know you selfishly went golfing without me, which I, I get. You know, I decided to fly in late, but um, yeah, no, like you said, crazy event. You know, and I, I know Brawley, I laugh at Brawley because you mentioned it on, on their podcast, the American West Ham podcast. He and I and his dad and I think a bunch of other people made the same mistake of uh, going to the Hard Rock Casino and Hotel and then realizing, <laughs> oh, shoot, <laughs> there's a Hard Rock Cafe. Yeah. Well, and, and we, but here's the thing. It just, it slowly built. All of a sudden we had the guys from, I'm going to say San Antonio, but that's probably not where they were. Yeah, it was. They were the it was, uh, it was, Alamo Hammers. Or Alamo the, Hammers. Uh, yeah. Yep, yep. Those yeah, guys they showed up, up and dude, those they guys are were... hilarious. And then <laughs> more odds and ends people showed up, and all of a sudden this guy showed up, and that guy showed up, and Broly showed up, and eventually his dad and his, his uh, dad's wife showed up, and more and more people. And then Lena shows up, and for some reason people found Lena very interesting that evening. I'm, I'm not sure why. Um, yeah, but, I don't know. Uh, I don't. I don't know what's going on with Lena. I don't know if you guys know who she is or not. But uh, uh, how anyway, about this? Yeah. Let, let me put it this way. <laughs> If you want to know who Lena is, we won't talk about it here, but you can follow her on Twitter at mm-hmm. Lena Star with two R's, triple X. And I think you could probably figure it out from there. I wonder what the she, X's are for. Uh, I, extra, extra uh, lovely, frankly. She was just, <laughs> uh, it, um, what was really cool is, yeah, we all had a drink. We all had a laugh. But every now and then you'd start talking football with somebody. Mm-hmm. And it would just went from this to drink and laugh to like, well, let's talk about this. Let's talk about this formation. Let's talk about this player. Let's talk about this history. And it went from a, oh yeah, a bunch of people getting together to a very solid conversation about football in a hurry, which was fantastic. Apparently, I, that, that first night we looked like an event because when the LA guys showed up at about ten uh, Vegas time, they were like, "We thought we missed the event. Where's the event?" So we we apparently were doing a pretty good job of ourselves. Yeah, um, great time at the Hard Rock Cafe. Um, I think a lot of people try to get in bed early because, mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, West Coast time kickoff was what seven o'clock a.m. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. I left. I left the the condo at five a.m. to get over there to be early to help set up and do some stuff, which was fabulous and fun. But holy crap, you know, there's just a million little details: getting people coffee, getting people organized, that sort of thing. It was, it was hilarious. Um, and then people started showing up, and I mean, people who I have never seen in my life, uh, just great people. Going, oh, by the way, I'm this guy, or I'm from Los Angeles, or I'm. I'm this person. There's dudes who drove from Boston. Yeah. Just Those two guys. Yeah. Uh, I think one of the things I really enjoyed, though, was uh, Jonathan Spector and I had a chance to sit there. And for those of you who didn't know, Jonathan Spector was a special guest of the uh, West Ham Way and John Black, um, kind of a, ex- a previous player uh, for the club. We did an interview with him on Sunday. I had a chance to sit there and chat with him. And one of the guys from Boston, I believe, was had a Spector jersey on. I said, mm-hmm. how does that make you feel? And I mean, the the smile on his face and his response was pretty amazing. Uh, getting uh, getting people to come in and see Dave and X talk before the match, and watching people all go, oh, so that's what X looks like. Yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. great. Uh, I'm not the, gonna lie. Uh, sorry, go ahead, dude. You go no, I, I was gonna say the Lucador mask that he walked in with yes. first off, perfect. Um, we uh, Russ Darbin, one one of the dads of one of the other guys there. Um, and I and I became Denver dad apparently somewhere along the way during the weekend. Uh, he had actually bought a mask for X to put over his face so nobody could see him. Um, a little bit interesting. Uh, looked a little sexual, <laughs> but that's okay. Anyways, what were you going to say, buddy? 
Yeah, no, so, uh, and you're right about being Denver dad. For the listeners, uh, myself, uh, myself and Scott and Nick Stampar and Baz, we all we all shared a uh, kind of a condo townhouse, I guess, if you will, with each other. And so me and me and Nick, we wake up at five o'clock, you know, bright eyed, bushy tail. And we get up, we're like, where's dad? Where's dad? And Scott's already gone, folks. Scott already left and he was already at the bar helping set up at like, what time did you leave, man? Like four thirty. You tell us it was closer to I five, left, but I left a quarter to five in the morning. So I yeah. walked over and did some stuff and uh, I was glad I did. I got in there. They were setting up. There's some stuff going on. And I've done stuff like this in the past. There's always these Mm -hmm. little details that get dropped. So it was fun to get in there. And it was a great way to meet people as they kind of trickled in at the beginning. Because I tell you, at at quarter to seven in the morning when it got serious, Mm -hmm. I mean, there was just a flood of people in there. And I I felt terrible. There's people who I'm seeing pictures that I took with that I'm going, I have no idea who that person is. Yeah, we did um, joke at one point to uh, to get ourselves little name tags with our, our Twitter Twitter handles on them, so they could uh, recognize who we were. But you're absolutely right with uh, with X. It's kind of interesting now listening to the podcast, and uh, now you can kind of put a face to the name. He's not this uh, mysterious voice anymore. Uh, you kind of know what's going on with that. But anyway, go ahead. It w- it was fun for me because I've actually met X three yeah. or four times before, and so it was it was kind of neat to go. I know who he looks like. So watching people go, oh, well. <laughs> Whatever I expected, that wasn't it. Um, yeah. Although the the best part was when we accidentally posted a picture of you and said yes. something about X, and people going, "That's what X looks like." So we kind of ran with that for the weekend. So if you're if you're look if you listen to this podcast and you're following myself or Jeremiah or anybody else from the weekend on Twitter, and you see a picture of Jeremiah and something about X, a lot of people think that Jeremiah is X right now. So just just go with it. It'll it'll save X some heartache later on. Um, yeah. But, you know, it's just great. I mean, you get 80 people in a room. Um, open bar doesn't hurt, although it did hurt one guy. Um, it did hurt, have, hurt poor Lou. Yeah. It, Lou. And to be clear, Lou's fine. I've heard Lou mm-hmm. is okay. He's up and around. He's back in L.A. He's fine. But Lou had a really good evening the night before, and apparently they found him in a state of distress in the men's room. So the, uh, the, uh, the paramedics had to come get him. The best part of that is... Uh, and th- this clip is actually on the bitch fest that I did earlier this week, <laughs> where um, you can hear the sing- them singing "We Can See You Sneaking Out" while he's being carried out, and the 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 EMTs are laughing their heads off. They just cannot believe this is going on. It's like, what what kind of madness is this? Just but, anyways, ignoring that, great to get all those people in the room. People wandering around chatting with each other. Um, there was no sense of clickiness. It wasn't like, well, we're LA, so we'll sit with our people, and we're from this part. We'll sit with these people. It's like, screw this. We wandered around. Um, Baz set up table at the back. Uh, you could almost like a King Baz kind of thing going on, where people come <laughs> genuflect at the throne. Um, and if if you um, if you do follow Baz on uh, on Twitter, he's a uh, Baz nineteen eighty whu. Um, ask him if he'd like some cake. Uh, he, he he's fond of cake. Um, you like some cake? Yeah, let's go, West Ham. Let's go. Um, his <laughs> his pseudo American impression is, uh, just about made me pee every time he said it. So it was it was fabulous. Um, but you know, then the match starts and uh, it was great. I mean, there was that moment where it's like, hey, you know, this is going well. Look at all these people watching the match with, and then Brighton scores, and I mean, it, it just took the gas out of the room. It was terrible. But it all did. of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see VAR. And it's like, oh, well, this is interesting. Now, this is one of those unfortunate moments. Because of what I do for a living, I have all the, like, I have a whole bunch of data feeds coming to my phone for work reasons. Mm-hmm. I knew the goal was disallowed. 
before they showed it on the screen. Uh. So I already knew it was back to nil nail, and that was hilarious. It's like I had to put my phone away for a while. I I did it. I took my phone out once because it buzzed. I thought it was my wife. It was actually about a minute before they showed the goal on NBC that Chicharito scored. So I got a great video of the crowd just sitting there watching this in the build up of the play and Chicharito scoring the goal and the crowd going, wow, that was great. I could have done the same thing for the Brighton goal, but I kind of felt not so good about that. Uh, people in the room were great, very positive. Like I said, no clickiness, a lot of family. Um, and, you know, just, you know, watching people get around, meeting people. Um, uh, Brad, who's the Hollander, who's from mm-hmm. New Orleans, great guy. Finally got to meet him. Uh, it, it really was family. And the disappointing thing to me is that we couldn't get more family there. It right. would have been great to have more people. Now, I, John packed out that room at 80 people. I look at that room. We could not have done more than 80 people. It was it was full. Um, my feeling is that based on how it went and how my, my inbox is blowing up, and it's still <laughs> blowing up today, that we'll need to do a bigger venue next year. And it's going to be great. And I'm excited so. about it already. Um, I'm seeing some ideas passed around. Uh, I think that there's a chance that you'll see a few more people involved with John helping up with specific things. Um, so, but you know, my hat's off to John for that day. I mean, what a fabulous day. And then, you know, we all kind of went out and did whatever. And then we all went gambling that night. <laughs> well, we you guys, did. you we, guys, we watched, we watched. Well, yeah. Um, well, I, no, I, 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 I was pissing off Baz because you heard what happened, right? <laughs> I did. So, yeah. I don't gamble. I don't know what I'm doing, but just for fun, I, I kind of had a little budget and I put some money aside and I put $15, $15 down and I meant to put it on my birthday, which is the 26th. Okay, I'd had a couple of drinks and I missed 26. I hit it on 25. Well, of all the things, that's what the roulette wheel hit. And all of a sudden, I've got a five hundred. I've got five hundred dollars in my pocket. That's great. Well, the next day I went and did it again. Except this time I put it on twenty six and I hit twenty six. So I, I did quite well this weekend. Um, I donated a lot of to charity, so I'm I'm feeling okay with that. Um, yeah, oh, that's good. You got you got you got to take it to that. Yeah. And speaking of charity, can, can we talk about how much stuff people brought to give away a trade and that sort of thing? I mean, if you if you let's see if you bought a couple of tickets. You got a PL, uh, PL in the USA uh, scarf, and Brawley Darbin was giving away the American West Ham podcast shirts. So I think you know, it was pretty hard to not walk away with something in your hands from that. There's people giving out pins, badges. Uh, I gave away a few um, of the Isla wristbands. A mm-hmm. uh, couple of guys, uh, somebody hit me up ahead of the match and made a pretty substantial donation for the Mark Noble uh, shirt signed shirt. So that was gone, but I know the Declan Rice shirt and the Robert Snodgrass shirt, I got pictures, send them to Declan and Roger. I haven't heard back from them. I'm going to have somebody from the club follow up for me to go, hey, you know, you got to see the picture and look on these people's faces because these people really appreciate it. But just a fabulous time. And we ended up, I think we ended up raising some fairly decent money for charity. Um, I know that through some of the stuff that, you know, I because I I talked about it before, I directly had people donate to Isla's charity. I think mm-hmm. we, rose, we raised about 500 pounds there, and I think there was another 1,000 or so pounds somewhere else. And then, oh, and while we're on the topic of charity, you got to throw props out to X. Did you see what happened on Twitter today? No. What do you do? So he got the pictures back from the kids that he sent all the kits that he had uh, donated to him uh, oh, in Uganda. Fantastic. Do, I, Hey, listen, X, dude, great job. You did such good work there by raising the awareness of those kids, one of those kits. I know there's a lot of people who took the piss on Twitter. Screw them. You did a great job. 
great work. Those kids look happy. Great job. So, I mean, again, part of the family thing. So, believe it or not, that was just Saturday. Sunday morning, we got yeah, up. And it was just Saturday. Sunday, yeah, we got Sunday up and did it again. again. And uh, I think for me, that was one of my favorite parts was, was sitting there, being in the live audience, watching you selflessly get up there and uh, and, and set up the audio for those boys and, and get it all going. But uh, just the great scene of people come back. People came back hungover. People came back you know, maybe not showered in a couple of days and we were just there watching it and, and, and loving every moment of it. It was so surreal. I know Nick and I talked about a lot of just how surreal it was to finally, I mean, to, to meet Jonathan Spector, number one, but just to, to meet Baz and meet Dave and meet X and meet all these other people. It was just, uh, it was such a fantastic moment, but I, I think the match itself was great, but being there for that second part of the day uh, on, on Sunday, that, that morning was, was, was fantastic. I don't know what you think. I, I would actually say I enjoyed Sunday more than Saturday. Yeah, uh, I know that sounds ridiculous. I mean, Saturday was a spectacular day. Sunday was so much fun. And then, I mean, a shed load of us went out and had lunch that afternoon before we all had to go fly our different way. Great chance to sit down with, frankly, a core group of people who kind of hung out a lot together that weekend. I mean, you know, sat and having, having a you know bottle of wine with X and, you know, having uh, Baz sit there talking with um, Gary from South Carolina. Um, yeah, that that part was really fun too. It was tough for me to decide if it, if if that dinner was better than the than the podcast, and, and both were great because, like you said, it was a core kind of group of people, and you could really feel the uh, the kind of sadness at the end of the weekend. People were like, all right, well, I guess you know it's time to go now, and it's time to hopefully we do this again type of thing because it was just you know an excellent weekend. And, and for anybody that didn't go, I know you're listening to this. Hopefully, you're still listening to this. You haven't turned it off yet or fast forwarded, but. Man, it was fantastic, and it has to happen again because there's there's so many people that you know maybe they can or cannot go over to actually see a match. And I've been to a match, but it hasn't been since 2012. And, and so this was just such a a nice thing to do again. And, and the and the feelings and the emotions and everything were there. You know, you're watching it on a screen and you're getting highlights, and you know what's going to happen before it actually happens. But still, like just the kind of rawness of it was really good. And what I'm really excited about, um, the American Hammers TV guys have reached out to me. Um, I'm stepping back from working with them a little bit right now. I'm going to continue to do the, the Wednesday thing I do. But they've asked me to do a travelogue show for them about people, like what it's like to go to West Ham, things you need to do. Uh, you know, I, I had an eight-part part series all put together and, and with an introduction episode. And I realize now I've really got to do a part nine, like, all right, so you want to go to Vegas. Uh, we, I, I, so if you were at Vegas and you're listening to this, expect me to pester you for pictures, videos, comments, and thoughts. Uh, it was great. It, it start, it's showing the beginning of trying to get West Ham United mm-hmm. across the U S I think one of the core things that we're missing and other clubs do very, very well is getting together at a broader range. Um, Chaz, who's out in Baltimore, has been, I think he's really right. You know, you kind of need to start at the local level. And he's, yeah. I, I totally agree with that. But we do need to do something at a national level as well. So I, I'm here to promulgate the idea that let's keep on pushing people to get to know people in the area, get to know people. Um, there's a new guy in Indiana. Uh, I'm going to try and get Nick to post a story about it later on. So there's some podcast in New York City that helps people choose an EPL club. <laughs> and apparently uh, Katie Nolan today helped a guy choose West Ham United. He's not on Twitter. He doesn't exist. We got to find this guy as a family and get him involved. Let, let him live the misery. Uh, we got to find so that, that guy. We got to convince Katie Nolan to uh, maybe switch over to be a West Ham fan. I know some people that might appreciate that. Uh, I think I, I think Nick wants to marry her, so that's okay. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's hard to encapsulate everything that happened in Vegas in in like 15, 20, 30 minutes. It's tough. It was an, it was enormous. And the cool part is there's a, a little bit that's going on. Um, there's some, there's definitely a desire to do a better cross connection between the mm-hmm. UK fans and the US fans. Um, Dave and X have reached out to myself and uh, Nick and to uh, Jeremiah to say, what do we do? How do we co- how do we collaborate better? So couple of ideas in the back burner uh, right now. I want to, I've got to go to England here in about two weeks and I'll be gone for two months. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to have a fully set up thing that will t- help us traverse the American fandom into the UK fandom. Um, and I don't really care who I partner with to do it. I, I'm not, I don't care if I do this on American Hammers TV or American West Ham podcast or Green Street Hammers or the West Ham way. Anything I can do to help grow fandom and help people get to know each other is a win. If you love this club, you're all right with me. The only people I want to are, I, I want to just send a message out because I did send a really long tweet at the end of the weekend saying, if you don't like what we did about going to Vegas, tell me why. What, what harm was there in us getting together in Vegas? I know there's some people really have their nose out of joint about it. I get it. For some people, it's like, well, it should have been here. Okay, well, you know what? I've I've said this to Justin, who's in Chicago. You know, he says, can I do something end of the season? Dude, have at it. Mm-hmm. There is nobody stopping from trying to put together. What I will tell you is it was a heck of a lot of work. Um, and I, I think next year being bigger, being hopefully better, we'll have more people involved helping out doing some stuff. But uh, yeah, I, I kind of expect to see a, a, a bigger event next year with more people involved. Don't hate on it. Find a way to help. Find a way to participate. And if you can't be there, enjoy the fact that you know a bunch of people who love the same club as you are getting together to enjoy their club. Absolutely. And uh, one last thing, just for me before we move on to uh, some Hammer Spoles questions, is just the just kind of like the raw, like I said, rawness of it, man. I mean, a couple different times running into Dave and X, talking to them, having dinner with them. They asked me at one point. They're like, "Man, you guys treat us like uh, celebrities. Why? We're just real people." I'm like, dude, you don't understand, you know, the the following and the, and the listeners and the kind of uh, support that you guys have and, and what you guys have done. And that was huge. That was huge for them because, you know, they're just normal. You know from hanging out with them. They're just normal dudes. They like to gamble and drink and have a wonderful family. And um, I think it showed a lot on that weekend, just their kind of realness and everybody coming together, like you said, as a family. And uh, yeah. Jonathan Spector, we touched on him a little bit, but, man, just getting to meet him. And what a real dude. Like, I talked to him and his wife a little bit. His wife came along. And uh, they were just what a lovely woman! What a like, lovely like, woman! She's, and, like, and, she's she's walking into a room full of people yeah. she's never met before, and yeah. was enormously gracious, enormously yeah. kind, and uh, yeah. And, and I mean, just they didn't sit up there like kings on a throne. You know, they were down there with everybody else. And there was even at one point, folks, and I, I might have had a few drinks. I can't tell you how many because it was open bar, so they don't keep tabs on that. But. Um, yeah, I was sitting in Jonathan's seat or in his area, and he kind of came up, and he's like, excuse me, I have to get in there. Or he's like, can I get in there real quick to grab something? And he didn't have to be – I mean, he was kind and polite and, you know, very, like, down-to-earth, like, I'm not like Jonathan Spector, please move type of thing. So it was just a uh, an overall – what a wonderful event, man. I don't have anything else. I don't know if you have anything to touch on it. We've been touching on it for, you know, well over 20 minutes now. But uh, great time, and it's got to happen again, and I can't wait till it does. All right, buddy. I, yeah, and I, I tend to agree with you. It's got to happen again. Um, what I want to do is, I, I think the difficult part is, because we won't know what's going on until the season's schedule gets released, is start talking about it early, 
and get people's interest up early and then try and find a core group of people that we can send to, to somebody like John or whoever ends up uh, running it saying, hey, you know, what is one thing I can do to help share the load? But, yeah. you know, you cannot, I, again, cannot stress how much work John did to make that work. So, oh, yeah, he was spent. He was spent by the end of it. But anyway, um, we're going to move on uh, real quick. We're going to answer some Hammers Pulls questions and then we're going to get some of your thoughts that you posted to our, for us on Twitter. Scott, kind of lightning round. I'm going to uh, set you up and ask you first because it's just me and you. So I guess I could do that. But uh, we're going to go over three or four of them here. Uh, first one from Hammers Pulls it is West Ham has announced that Allaire, Anderson, and Noble are fit for Saturday. Who doesn't start? So kind of trick in there. Who doesn't start? All three, Allaire, Anderson, or Noble? Um, well, as we talked with Jeff earlier on, or later on, or wherever it goes in the, the audio route, um, it's quite possible that Nobles could sit. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I have, I chatted with somebody today after that announcement because there was, there was concerns whether or not he'd be fit enough to, you know, be in the squad this weekend. I believe that Noble's going to be on the bench to start. So we'll see what happens. So I think, I think honestly, Nobles will sit on the bench, not necessarily because he should, but probably because of where his fitness is at. That's true. And that's fair. I think uh, 37% of the vote said that. And I would say that as well. I think if, if those three are all fit, I want to see Alaire and Anderson back out there again. Surprisingly, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if people read this wrong or they just don't want any of them to start, but all three not starting has 51% of the vote right now. So uh, you know, Somebody actually sent me a note a while ago saying, I really read that wrong. My vote is wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> so Hammers, Hammers Chat, guys, just maybe be careful how you phrase your questions because I think you confuse people. Yeah. All right. Next one, um, also from those guys. Uh, do we need an upgrade on Fabianski next season? Yes or no? Does he have one more year left on his contract? I believe so. Yeah, I think he's got at least one more year. Um, so basically, they'd be saying, do we need to upgrade from him or keep him? I think that we keep him. Mm-hmm. And if Nathan Trott, you know, I, I, he just went back to uh, the Loney Club he's at uh, to uh, because he had a little bit of a groin issue. If Nathan Trott continues to play very well um, in uh, League One or League Two or wherever he's at, um, if we can't secure a top champion the skybet champions uh club for him to go off and do his thing i think that he will stay with the club and that uh yeah it'll be his time to be the backup and the understudy and he'll get uh he'll get league match or league cup matches and maybe some fa cup matches and then after that if he holds it together it's his so i i don't think we get rid of fabianski next year i think we keep him and let his contract run out and i think that's always been the plan I think so. I think so, too. And I agree with you. And I think Trot is going to be that guy. You know, I've been uh, brutally beaten by Adam a couple times on this podcast saying Trot is ready now. And you're probably right. He's probably not ready now. But I think give him a solid season this year to see how he does. And, and you know, maybe give him some more opportunities next year. I think we'll see off of that. Um, I'm going to give I, one. I, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. I think, I think you're right on. I think he'll mm-hmm. be fine. And, and Aang apparently is looking really good as well. So, I mean, we've got two young goalkeepers who could be really, really good here. And we're going to run out all of our contracts in a real hurry. So, I mean, yeah. one of them has to step up or we have to go shopping. And I yeah. think step up is the goal. Absolutely. I'm going to go one last question from Hammers Falls. This one's actually from Wally World. We got to meet Wally World out there. Hey, Fantastic Wally. dude. Fantastic dude. With a good question. He said, uh, with Alaire and Anderson coming back, hopefully for Watford, is there any room in the starting lineup for Hernandez? Our only goal scorer so far this season. What do you no. think? 
No. No. Uh, listen, Chicharito's lovely. He's got a place to play. He has stuck it out with West Ham despite there not being a team around him that suits his skills and abilities. And I, for that, I salute him. But he's not. He's not. Can't do hold up play. He's not going to. He's not going to push on the defense. We need somebody who's going to push on the defense and tire them out. The right guy is Alaire. Chicharito might be on the bench. I actually, I want to go off off the chart and say, Ayeti's on the bench instead. Yeah, I can see that too. I think maybe giving him a break or maybe weirdly putting them both on the bench could happen. Um, myself and 60% of the vote agree with you. So we don't get too crazy on that one. We actually uh, agreed with all three of those. We're going to uh, jump over real quick to some listener questions. We posted out a question yesterday evening. Got a pretty good response from it. Wally, he uh, responded to both. He actually responded to that same question to us, which we already answered. But, you know, I don't know if I would be disappointed necessarily if we did some type of like 4-4-2 deal with Alaire and Hernandez up front. But, you know, then that leaves out, you know, somebody, which I'm not really willing to leave them out. So, um, anyway, we will get into the questions. The first one was from our, our boys, American Head West Ham podcast from Tony. This is a pretty cool question. I don't know if you read it already or saw it. Um, he said, look forward to the pod, guys. We appreciate that. We like you as well. You guys are pretty great. Um, picking a current West Ham player, who do you think would be good at all of the four, like the big four American sports? So baseball, football, basketball, and hockey. And he said, please use four different players. Okay, good. Because I, I, for a second, I thought he wanted one player who did all of them well. And I... I was like, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, all right, so let's start with the easy one. Mikel Antonio would be a heck of a running back, wouldn't he? He would. Jim Matt Bo- a hoss, yeah. Oh, he's big, and he's... I, I get the feeling if he had pads on, he'd punish the defender. Mikel mm-hmm. <laughs> would be bad. Um, baseball? Jeez. Um, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean... Uh, this comes from, uh, coming from me, a guy who could not care less about baseball. Um, I'm going to go out and limb and say that Lanzini looks like a shortstop. Okay. Looks like a shortstop. Basketball? Well, if Andy was still with us, I'd say he'd be a decent point guard because <laughs> uh, he's tall and rangy. Um, let's, let's go with Fredericks. He's fast. Run down the court, he'd be awesome. And for hockey, none of them. They can't skate. <laughs> Hang on, no. Hey, wait, 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 wait. Uh, somebody did a, a lads night out eleven for FIFA a while ago. Like, who would be yeah. the eleven guys you'd start on a lads night out lineup? I'm gonna, go, you know, what? I'm gonna go with Creswell. Creswell looks like he'd be dirty in the corners, going after the puck. I think you, he would be. You get he, him he, or Mazawako in there. Yeah. No, no, no. Arthur doesn't have the haircut for it. Creswell, om- Creswell almost has the hockey hair. So let's go with Creswell uh, as a uh, a third uh, a third uh, pairing defender who's good at going in the corner, getting the puck, and hurting people. Yeah, go Aaron. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, I think NFL. Obviously, I'm going to kind of copy off you with uh, Mikhail. I mean, the dude is a beast. He could run it up the middle. He could run it out the side. Pick somewhere to put him, even a tight end, catch the ball, and just run people over. I mean, um, baseball is tough, you know, but I'm going to go with I'm going to go with Mark Noble on that one. I think baseball is more a little more laid back, but you need to have that good, solid leader. I think the Nobes would be a good like second base shortstop area um, leading, commanding that uh, that infield. And just like you said, man, it's baseball. You, so know, I don't you know what? Really care. Who, but, yeah. you, you, Fabianski looks like he'd be a great catcher. 
He could be. Yeah, yeah maybe that's because of where he plays right now. But, that's uh, exactly it. <laughs> uh, going into basketball, I'm not a big basketball fan, man, but uh, I'm going with the same position you said, point guard. But I would get, I'd get maybe like Lanzini out there in the point. You know, a small, feisty, he's quick, man. He can get in there. He's shorter and, uh, than I am, man. Well, that's he's a, that's a point guard. That's what you want in a point guard. You don't need somebody tall. I mean, you're going to put all air, like maybe put him down there in the center position or power forward. But, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Lanzini on that one. Hockey. Who's tough, got the hair? We want, who's, who's got, got the, the hair? Well, we got rid know, of the I'm, hair. Hang on, hang on for a second. I'm going to put that on Twitter. Which who's West Ham player? Which current West Ham player has the hair to play hockey? I mean, you got the hair, got the hockey name. You know, if Haxabanovich was still around here playing, then, I mean, He's got the name for it, but I think with hockey, I'm gonna I'm gonna you know cheat a little bit and go Fabianski on that. I'm gonna put Fabianski in a goal and uh, put some giant pads on him and let him just kind of stand in there and and get hit by the puck all night. But <laughs> that's that's me cheating and that's uh that's me going the easy route on that one. Um, we actually got two. We got here. Sorry, folks. Yeah, we got two questions from Lena. We talked about Lena already, but we got two questions from her. The uh, the first one she said the Vegas event was amazing. Do you think an annual gathering of hammers would help us develop a fan base in the U.S.? And we talked a little bit about that already. But Scott, do you have anything else to add? I think it's it, for me it's it's a yes. I mean it's only going to continue to bring it up and bring the um, development of of people knowing who West Ham are. And I mean how sick do you get to go from a bar to a bar and you get a Man City fan or a Tottenham fan or an Arsenal yeah. fan or a Man U fan? It's disgusting. I really think that for West Ham to grow its marketing in the U.S., and I'm going to be harsh here, because West Ham has not done anything to market itself in the U.S., really, it's going to be up to the fans, and we're going to need to do fan events. I think it's it's critical. So I think she's right. We've got to do, we've got to do these. Um, we have to do them well. Mm-hmm. They have to be planned out well and executed well. And also, once a year, no more. That's just me. Other people can disagree with me. That's okay, but that's kind of what I'm thinking. Too much of a good thing. Um, And then her second question, and the last question we're going to take from our Twitter question was, she said, international break coming up, which sucks. I always forget about that beginning of seasons, like right away, all the time. Um, Do you root for the Cockney boys? So are you going to root for any of the West Ham boys that are going to be playing internationally? That's the first part of the question. The second part, and what if they play against the nation that you support? Is it club before country? Yes or no? Well, I, I, for me, this is easy. Uh, it's club before country <laughs> because my my Canadian men's soccer team is not fabulous. I think we're rank, ranked like 80 or 90 in the world. So we, we are not a danger to be uh, facing much in the way of uh, people. Um, what is really interesting to me is what, what I've seen online for years. There are some very stout Englishmen who are very clear club before country. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm club before country. I, I will cheer... For Lanzini is going to be uh, with the Argentinian squad, and they're playing, I think, in Texas and in California. Okay. Um, so that's and I mean, please wrap him in cotton. Yeah. And no kidding. I imagine Declan will be playing with England. And other than that, like I don't think Anderson made Brazil. No. Fabianski found out. Fabianski probably uh, probably isn't playing for Poland. And after that, I think it's pretty thin on the ground. Like, Diop hasn't broken the French squad yet, has he? No. He hasn't broken that. We've broken the under-23s, but not the uh, the big lads. And I think, too, um, 
yeah, I think that would be about it, really. I don't think Cheech is – he's kind of been dropped out of Mexico lately. Um, yeah. A little bit. He was in the World Cup. But, no, I agree with you, too. Um, as, a, as a fan and supporter and living in the United States, our our uh, our, our soccer – or Baz said soccer. But, soccer. Uh, <laughs> soccer. Let's go, been, West Ham. Uh, let's go. <laughs> it's been pretty rough. I mean, we haven't been very good. And we got a lot of young guys coming up. So that's exciting for me as an American. But, yeah, it's always – I choose club over country, and I got a lot of flack in the World Cup because uh, you know Chicharito's in there scoring goals against Germany, and I'm cheering for Mexico as an American, which you know that's a big sports rivalry, especially in soccer. I mean, last time they played, they were choking each other out, and it was getting pretty intense. But yeah, so for me, um, great question, Lena. I'm definitely club over country. I know she was giving me flack, and her friend, uh, her, her driver Michael, was giving me flack for being. Uh, for a U.S. supporter, I'm like, no, bro, I live here, so I don't, I don't get where that's come from. But dude, dude, uh, I live here. When when the Russians play the Americans in hockey, I cheer for the Russians. I know, so. I know. We won't hold it against you, I guess. We'll we'll take that part out. It's of this that whole podcast, can- uh, believe it or not, the big rivalry for me in that world now is Canada the U.S. Yeah, that is really the rivalry in hockey, and that's why you know when we get to the international break in football and people are cheering on their 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 countries, I'm like, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> one of one of my best mates, a guy named Glenn up in Canada, he is a huge Germany fan. He, he's got all the old West German kits. He's oh, got nice. it easy. But now one of his friend's daughter's boyfriend is on the Canadian, like, and he's not quite made the club yet, like the national squad yet, but he's close. So mm-hmm. he's having, it's like, oh, what am I going to do here? So he, he's got some struggles ahead of him, but they're good struggles. Um, nice. we're, uh, one of the things that I think the other thing we've got to keep in mind is we're seeing a lot more interest overall in football as a sport in the U.S. Yes. The women really pushed the profile up front, and uh, the American men have not been terrible for years. So I think I think it's a good time right now for football in America. I think it's a great chance for it to grow here as a sport. And, I mean, you know, I've got two boys. Uh, neither one of them really cares about sports, but the one thing they did both play is football. Mm-hmm. Or soccer, sorry. And you go by – there was – there's a brand new soccer club that just went in over this winter and they're lined up with the door to get there. I think the burgeoning interest in America for football is huge. And that's why I think it's really important for us as West Ham fans to start teaching people, Hey, it's not just man United, man city, Chelsea, Tottenham and Arsenal. There's us as well. Right. Whatever that other club is, Liverpool. Is that that a club? in England? I left them out. Yeah. But, uh, no, we got a strike while the, uh, while the iron's hot, man. And, um, Real quick, where I know we're going over an hour on this one already. Real quick, give me best 20, 30 seconds. What's your Watford prediction preview? What do you think of the match? Uh, 3-1 West Ham. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, I, I've got it written down here in front of me. I, I changed my mind. Uh, Allaire in the middle, Anderson on the left, Lanzini on the right. Fornell's behind them. Wilshire and Rice start. Noble's ready to come off the bench. And then Johnson, uh, Balbuena, Diop, and Zaba. On the back four and uh, Fabianski in goal, uh, I think that um, I think Pellegrini encourages the boys to express themselves, and they do. It, we still have defensive issues, but I think we're going to run them down hard. I think it'll be not an easy win like five nothing, but an easier match, and we'll do quite well. Yeah, I think uh, I don't know so much about that formation. I'm going to go with a two nil win. I think that Watford stays scoreless one more week. And uh, we finally get our first three points. Um, That's why right. yeah, they haven't I scored a goal yet this year, have they? They haven't scored a goal. No, they haven't. Enter, and, enter, uh, West, enter, enter West Ham. Enter West Ham. <laughs> yeah, I actually wrote a piece on that today. I was like, you can kind of look at this in two ways. Either this is the best time to play them or it's the worst. 
but it depends on what type of West Ham fan you are, um, how long you've been a West Ham fan. But yeah, I'm going to go with 2-0. I think we shut him out again. I think Alaire and Anderson get in there. Um, I don't think either of them score, however. I do think we see Lanzini get a goal. And I do think, again, that Antonio might get. Um, Antonio is going to get on there early. Um, I shouldn't say again, but uh, he's going to start his record a little earlier than last year and kind of continue going from where he ended up at the end of the season. But do you got anything else to finish this pod uh, out, my the, friend? I, I got so many things I'd talk about. Uh, Bitchfest continues on, so that's on American Hammers TV. I'm uh, we're not getting a lot of views on it. Uh, Nick and I are having a lot of fun on it, but uh, we're hoping to see some more people. Um, big shout out to Dave and X and Baz for making the trip across. Mm-hmm. Guys, that was awesome to spend the weekend with you. Um, there is nothing quite like getting a note back saying, oh, by the way, would you please join our WhatsApp group? And it's Dave and X. That yeah, was that's, like, a, that's a little a, surreal. That's yeah. a, that, that was <laughs> not something I expected. Um, Big props to everybody who did all the travel. I mean, the guys who drove, the guys who flow, everybody. Great job. Like, way to come out and support and way to be positive. Uh, for the guys in Vegas, Justin at uh, Hard Rock Cafe, thanks for your hospitality on Friday night. John Black, I, I cannot say enough good things about what you did. Dude, great job. Great job. Fantastic. Yeah, all those guys. I'm not even going to repeat it again because it's everybody. But what a what a weekend. What a fantastic time. What a... Uh, I mean, hey, we didn't lose either. I know there was a lot of those chants going on. So, <laughs> you know, I, you know I, 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 I'm gonna I'm gonna make a comment. Um, I've actually started blocking people on Twitter. Oh, I hate I hate doing that uh, because I'm just tired of like, oh, we're gonna lose. It's like, okay, we might lose. Yes, no, we're gonna lose. There's so many people who are just absolutely convinced we're gonna lose every week. If you think that, then stop saying it. I've heard it. You've said it before. Bloody stop. Sorry, Agreed. I'm, I'm not gonna get on. I'm gonna stay off my soapbox today. <laughs> I got. So I, don't my talk- have, I don't know if we have time for that, but yeah, I got um, a firm talking to after the last time we did one of these. So, <laughs> anyway, dude, I appreciate you getting on here, Jeff. I know you're not on here, but you're gonna listen. Appreciate Jeff getting on here. It's been a while since we talked to you. Um, yeah, go out and support West Ham. We got Saturday morning for us over here in the U.S. playing at Watford. Uh, until next time, come on, you Irons! Come on, you Irons! Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.